Hello guys beloved, this is I Have a Ministry with an I Love Moment. It's positive, it's inspirational, it's uplifting, and yes, the I is intentional. It is an intentional love moment here. Hello, God's beloved. Happy resurrection to you. Listen, this is a good, good Sunday morning. It is a beautiful Sunday morning. This wonderful day that is set aside to commemorate, to celebrate the risen Son of God. We are so excited about today. I mean, we're just excited about life. How about yourself? I believe you are. I truly believe you are. Listen, thank you for joining us for another I Have Our Ministries I Love moment. I just want to talk to you really quickly. Well, I'm not going to say really quickly, but I'm not going to be before you too long, but it is a word that I want to share with you that Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit. I know that this is the time of the year, you know, this day um, where we gather together with our families and friends and, you know, just enjoying one another on Resurrection Sunday. Perhaps some of you are getting together to go out and eat, you're gathering together over um, your family houses, just to fellowship and to love on one another. So yes, I don't want to keep you too long. But even in that, you know, you can gather together and you can gather around and you can all listen to the podcast together. I mean, that is a good idea. That is something that you can do on this beautiful Resurrection Sunday. And um, I just want to go ahead and get into this. Let me just go ahead and get right to the word that Father has laid upon my heart. And let me start out by telling you about what happened at a linguistic conference held in London, England. An attendee from Kenya attempted to explain the difference between complete and finish in a way that is easy to understand by saying, when you marry the right woman, you are complete. But when you marry the wrong woman, you are finished. And when the right one catches you with the wrong one, you are completely finished. <laughs> and this provocative statement was followed by a five-minute standing ovation. Much like his declaration, my statement I have to ask you today it's a thought-provoking question. And my question to you today is that not are you finished, but are you completely finished? Or let me just change it around a little bit and ask you, are you finished completely? 
Well, Wanda, what are you talking about? And I'm talking about your assignment, whatever the Lord has put on your heart, whatever it is that life has called you to through God, whatever he has placed upon your heart, whatever he has called you to do to help someone else to bring forth the awareness that would cause them to seek first his kingdom. I'm talking about that thing that God has placed upon you that will make a significant difference in the world today. I'm talking about not walking away from God, but laying aside every weight that easily trip you up. Running this race and pressing forward and pressing towards that mark until you finish completely. Much like the guy from Kenya, Jesus uttered a declarative, notably an expression much more glorious, much more significant than the Kenyas that brought forth a standing ovation. Jesus' declaration caused the whole earth to shake. One of Jesus' last words on the cross during his crucifixion was, It is finished. What did Jesus mean when he said, It is finished? Yes, it was finished. But what was finished? At this particular time, while hanging on the cross, even his death on the cross, was Jesus' assignment finished completely? I respectfully pose this question. Was he done? What if Jesus had stopped at, it is finished? What if he had never rose? Wasn't just his death good enough? Why did Jesus have to rise? What is the significance of the resurrection? Have you ever had a controversial thought such as one of these? In the next few minutes, I want to address these controversial thoughts and questions. As I said, have you finished your assignment completely? Everyone has an assignment. Even Jesus had an assignment. John 19 and 30 says, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus had finished his assignment. After Jesus prayed in agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, after Jesus was betrayed by the kiss of death and arrested, after going before the high priest, after one of his closest friends denied him, not only once, but three times, after going before Pilate, and after the crowd yelling for the release of Barabbas, 
a robber instead of releasing Jesus. After he was beaten to a pulp and mocked and spat upon, and after a crown of thorns was placed on his head, after carrying a heavy cross, then being nailed to that cross, after crying out, Eli, 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 Sabathani, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Now, I probably butchered that word, but you know what I'm talking about. Jesus, after saying all of that, after going through all of that, Jesus said, it is finished. When Jesus said, it is finished, he had finished all of what I've previously said, and he had also teleo, which is a Hebrew word for finished that means to pay in full. So Jesus had paid in full our sin debt. Also, he took our place. He was our substitute. 1 Peter 3 and 18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. So Christ died for sin once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. He took our place. He was our substitute. Jesus endured sin's ultimate penalty in our place. He did it all for us. Also, what was accomplished on the cross or what was finished is propitiation. We don't hear that word too often. I can hardly say it. But First John 4 and 10, it says, herein it's love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sin. Meaning that he appeased God by paying the penalty to God, the penalty that God demanded for our sin. And I already told you that he was our substitute. He took our place. He the one who paid our sin debt. So this appeasing enabled us back into God's favor, back into his good graces. It gave us a right of relationship and fellowship with our Father. The other thing that was accomplished or finished on the cross was ransom. We were not only separated from God, but we were imprisoned by sin. We were slaves to sin. That is found in Romans 6 and 17. We were captured by the devil to do his will. And that is found in 2 Timothy 2 and 26. But Jesus gave his life to ransom us out of the grips of the enemy. Praise God for that. But I thank God for redemption. And this is another thing that happened when he said, it is finished. Our redemption. Jesus redeemed us, set us free from the curse 
of the law. He paid an expensive ransom price for us by giving his life. He wiped our sin debt completely away through his blood. We had no more sin debt because of what Jesus did on the cross. Galatians 3 and 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written in the scriptures, curse is everyone who hang on a tree. Another thing that happened when Jesus said it was finished is forgiveness. Through Jesus' death, we are forgiven of sin. Ephesians 1 and 17 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Praise God for that. And another thing is reconciliation. For if while we were God's enemy, we were reconciled to him, through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Oh my goodness. I know these are a lot of scripture. I'm reading a lot of scriptures, but these are scriptures that is going to bring life unto us. It's just, it's feeding our spirit this morning. You know, later on, you're going to go, if you're probably eating already, and later on, you may be eating dinner, like I said, with your friends and your families, but we want to feast on the word of God. And we can't eat too much of the word because you've probably been to your churches and you've probably been online and listening to all these different Resurrection Sunday words and that was given on today. But you won't get too fat eating on the word of God. You can't eat too much of the word of God. So, but anyway, Ephesians 2 and 13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Praise God. What a privilege we now have access into the innermost court. We were separated from God, but now we have been brought near to God through the blood of Jesus. And the next one I want to talk to you about is justification. We have been declared not guilty and treated like one who had never sinned in the sight of God, meaning that we have been made right with God. Praise God for that. Romans 5 and 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! This word is just so good this morning. So let me just sum it all up, what Jesus did on the cross for us and why we are celebrating and why we are so excited today. Quote, because of Jesus' death, we can escape sin's death penalty, find favor with God, be set free from prison, 
escape from our captivity, have all our sins forgiven, have spiritual peace, and be right with God. Isn't that a reason to celebrate on today? Praise God for that. Now, that is the cross. That that is what he did on the cross when he said it is finished. That and more. You know, I can't cover everything, but that and more. That's what he did on the cross. So let's go on now to those controversial thoughts about the resurrection. The good news is that after Jesus died and was buried, three days later, he rose from the dead and ascended on high. Praise God. You know, let's just take a praise break right here. Praise your name, Jesus. We thank you that he did that for us. He did it all for us because of the love that he has for us. So what is the significance of the resurrection? Why did Jesus have to rise? The answer to this question is pretty much summed up in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, starting at the 12th verse, says, Chapter 15 But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn, Christ, the first fruits, then, when he comes, those who belong to him. So here it is, so that we could rise. He did this, he rose, so that we would rise. Praise God for that. If Jesus had not risen, there would be no resurrection for us. And also, so that our preaching and teaching wouldn't be false. I mean, it would be false. It would be pointless in verse 14, it said, if Jesus had not rose from the dead. Also, our faith would be worthless in verse 17, had not Jesus rose from the dead. Also, in verse 17, we will be still in our sin had not Jesus rose from the dead. Praise God. We would be lost forever and would have no hope of heaven. 
The grave would be our abode. We would have no hope of seeing our loved ones who have died in the faith. We would all die and be dead forever, according to verses 18 and 19. Ooh, aren't we glad that Jesus rose from the dead? Aren't you glad that he is, he is risen on today? Praise God. The final word is that God wins and the devil is defeated. Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension finished his assignment completely. Praise God. And again, my question to you is, are you finished completely? As long as you have breath in your body, there is always an assignment, something that God wants you to do. Some of you have just given up. And why do I bring this up? Why do I ask this question? You know, I can't count the number of times I wanted to just stop and give up and just say that I'm finished. Finish with podcasting, finish with people, finish with my business endeavors, finish doing some type of ministry work. At one point, even finish with my marriage because of the pushback, because of the difficulties, because of the hardship. And if I would be completely honest and transparent, even finish with life. The thought of giving up on life because of the constant treacherous seem to be never-ending valleys wondering what is the use. But just like Jesus finished his assignment completely, whatever God has called you to Whatever he has called you to do, don't give up. Don't give in. Your labor is not in vain. Finish the work. Finish the commission. Finish the assignment. As long as there is breath in your body, finish what God has told you to do completely to the end. Now, after hearing this word, you may want to give your life to this wonderful Jesus who has did so much for us. Listen, it is a simple process of giving your life to Jesus Christ who has died for you and now has risen and is sitting on the right-hand side of the Father. All you have to do is repeat this prayer, and it's not in the prayer, it is in a sincere heart, a contrite heart, a heart that really wants to turn your life around and follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, I'm going to lead you in this prayer, but you have to mean it from your heart. So, repeat after me. 
Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask you for forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sin and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my life, come into my heart, and save me. I want to trust you. I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior all of my days for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed this prayer and meant it from your heart, all of heaven is rejoicing because of the decision you just made. Well, I pray that you have been blessed this morning. Again, happy resurrection to you. I pray that God's choice blessings be upon your life on today. Now, may the peace of God be with you always. Rest in Jesus. Thank you.